check. What's up? It's Denzel here with Charles. Yes, sir. In this obscenely late edition of Real Nerd <laughs> Hours. First one ever, mind you. Well, yeah. I guess the last one that was late was came out on like Friday morning or something like that. Almost two years ago. Which barely counts. Yeah. So what up? It's uh it's us. We're here this week on Real Nerd Hours, your favorite slice of life podcast, ostensibly about nerd shit. We're recording right now on a, an oddly rainy the wipers on full blast getting over here it was pouring down rain just in the short distance between my place and your place holy shit that's actually kind of weird this is atypical for san diego especially in may May. yeah in all my time living here i don't think i've experienced rain this late into the year yeah especially not this intense you might get a little yeah light shower here and there in the morning yeah but for it to be almost the middle of the day and be pouring down rain half almost halfway through may is crazy yeah absolutely very strange on this week's edition, we have uh, Constantine, the cartoon version oh, yeah. from DC a year or two ago, something like that. <laughs> the unofficial season two of that show. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> there was also the Pavlock 2. Have you heard about this? I have not. Okay, good. And then we're going to go over Endgame again. Uh, because Charles watched it for a fucking second time I because sure he did. likes torturing himself. My girlfriend wanted to see it, and I got drunk, so it was more fun. I watched Constantine, City of Demons, uh, last week, or I guess this week, and that shit was okay. It was very okay. <laughs> I mean, the thing is with the DC animated stuff, like some of it is actually a lot better than their cinematic universe or even better than a lot of the comics even though they're like taking the stories from some of the comics well, they can the benefit of an adaptation is you can uh especially with comics comics are inherently difficult to adapt because the stories come out every month and like it's serialized but not in a way that like really translates to television yeah but when you, if you're at like if you're adapting it you just take just a bunch of it and because like some some comics will like that 22 pages will be a good amount of content. And then sometimes it's like five minutes worth of stuff going on. Dude. Speaking of which I had started reading a lot of comics recently and I've been going over some of the older books and specifically Judd Winnick's run on out the outsiders. Yeah. And in the first like three issues that I managed to get a hold of, there's a lot that happens in that span, yeah. but it feels like a coherent story. Yeah. Whereas sometimes I'm reading comics and it'll just be like just a series of things happening, but they don't really connect with each other yeah. well. It's rather than like a puzzle coming together, it's just like you have the pieces and you're just kind of lining them yeah. up. But because they have the benefit of they know how many issues they're writing, and this is still not good writing. But they know how many issues they're writing generally. And so they're like, let's put all the pieces on the board and then figure out how we're going to put them together as we go on. Like, you know, it'll, it's the kind of thing that was like, it'll be better in retrospect. But it's like, if you're buying comics for now, sometimes $4 each a month. Yeah. And you're like, if, you know, this, if it's not popping right now, like, I got I to gotta reduce my list. There was a point where I was spending like probably... 25 bucks a week on comics that's and it's lot. like if one of those is bad you know you're at a hundred dollars a month that's my electric bill like if one of those is bad then 
I got to drop it. Like, it's not cost effective for me to keep up with a book that's not good. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, comics are just expensive now in general. Yeah. And my, my theory or the way that I always like to do it is just wait until the trade comes yeah. out. Because comics aren't necessarily in the American zeitgeist like that. Yeah. So it's not as if, like, I can miss out on talking about comics when they're good i'm not part of any larger community that does any like comic book chatter or whatever yeah it's just like okay well i can just wait until this comes out and then like if i happen to come across somebody else who's read it in like six years or whatever (laughs) then we can have a conversation about it but i mean if you look at comic sales figures they're probably They've been on decline for like a decade. Yeah, they're what, like at 50,000 copies sold a week or something like that? Like, depending on what's coming out. Yeah, it's real low. The likelihood that I'm going to run into one of those 50,000 people, real slim. Real slim. The biggest group of people actively reading comics is like the the discord like yeah <laughs> in the past the most i've had is like three or four people who are reading books weekly and then everyone else is like everyone else i know who reads comics is like okay uh can i borrow this and then we can talk about it afterwards and that's usually how it goes yeah absolutely well anyway uh constantine city of demons i don't think is a comic book adaptation i think it was an original story it's a continuation of the nbc series that cw now owns oh so the NBC series lasted one season and numbers weren't popping. I don't know why Warner Brothers kept like distributing their properties instead of you've got the CW. Just you, work it into the Arrowverse. Yeah. I and mean, that's which literally they, which the they most successful did, thing they've done in a long time. Yeah. But so they, when the NBC series ended, um, they like, we're not picking this up for a second season. And so the CW bought the rights but also didn't start a new season. They did immediately. He was in an episode of Arrow. And he he appears, I think, in The Flash as well. He's made appearances on all and the shows now, I think, Legends except for Supergirl. So, yeah, he was uh, he was in a couple episodes of Legends. I think for like half a season he was in Legends. He showed up in one episode of uh, Arrow. And then they were doing this period where they were doing these animated like interstitials kind of like they had a vixen series that was actually pretty dope some stuff in between a season of the flash and arrow and with those with those shows they always have the actors do the voice acting and so that was how constantine first started appearing in the Arrowverse is doing these animated stuff and because there was interest in the character and like the actor then they were like okay well let's do we did the vixen series that worked out let's do a Constantine series. So it's a continuation of the NBC, NBC series. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. The movie itself was okay. Mm. I mean, they, the thing that I really don't like about horror is that it opens up opportunities for people to do some like real edgy, dumb shit. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like I get that this is a demon, but you don't need to show him like pitching people into a movie screen and them being tortured in the movie or whatever. Like that doesn't, <laughs> that's like black 80 shit. <laughs> what that's, what yeah, that's literally what happens in one of the scenes. Dope. And like, it's, it's like dog, like, okay, I get it. Well, okay. You have ballroom dancers dressed like it's the 1920s and demons are just whipping them while they're dancing. That doesn't make any sense. That's not okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, and like, I get horror in service or like uh, like torture porn or whatever yeah. in service of like 
setting the tone for the movie or showing you what's possible in the movie, but just doing it kind of like willy nilly yeah. is like uh, you wasted screen. I mean, you could have spent this yes. on the budget. Is better. Better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's, there are parts in the movie where it like outlines that the demon is a bad dude. Mm. So it's not as if like, it's hard to grasp that, Oh yeah, of course he, he this demon would never torture people. That's out of the out of the realm of possibility for this actual literal demon. So there's a one at one point the demon's got um a pool full of like amputated parts of humans. He's got heads, torsos, arms and legs and stuff in like this gigantic pool and he's like describing what he's going to do. He's basically like, "Yo, like I like this, but it's not wretched enough for me. So I got to let all these things like basically decompose to the point where it's all liquid. And then I got to take out like the skin and the bones and stuff like anything else that I don't want in there. And then I'm going to swim in it. Like this is my swimming pool. I'm going to swim in this after I take out all these human parts. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And like I get, okay, you're a demon. I get it. But like. Also, just leave the bones. Yeah, I mean, you can like, suck on the bones. Yeah, the skin's <laughs> also going to liquefy. Like, just leave the bones in there. Yeah. How and many I, bones could it be? Yeah, have them, like, uh, crunch up or whatever and be sand in the pool. Yeah, they're going to be on the they're gonna nip at the bottom anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so you get that the demon's evil, but they keep going out of their way to, like, show yeah. the demon's evil. And, like, of course, the movie opens up with a story about, like, what happened at this concert that Constantine attended. I don't know if it was in the first season, if they ever talked about it or if they just referenced it constantly, mm-hmm. but I haven't watched it since it was on. So, okay. Uh, there was like some woman named Annabelle spoilers. Obviously this movie came out last year. Yeah. The show came out like two years ago, three years ago, something like that. Whatever. If you want to go see it, go see it. Um, the, what ends up happening is like at this concert, uh, Constantine being a vigilante or whatever, and also plays in a rock band, finds out that his mentor is using his daughter as a conduit to summon demons or whatever. Sure. And of course that's how it's wor- how it works. You need like the soul of the pure or a pure soul or whatever, yeah. uh, to summon demons or whatever. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. So he's using his daughter as a conduit. Uh, Constantine finds out summons a bigger demon and he's just like, for, like, all right, fuck these guys up. And like, oh, no, Constantine forgot to do a binding spell on the demon. So now the demon can do whatever it wants. And so the demon um, fucking kills everybody, mm-hmm. everybody in the concert venue, with the exception of Constantine and his friend mm-hmm. and the dude's daughter. And it turns out, oh, psych, I'm not going to kill the daughter. You're going to give her to me and I'm going to just pitch her soul into hell. And she's going to be in hell for eternity. Sure. Which taking her soul also entails taking her body because yeah, you can't have one without the other. Apparently you can't just like, I don't know, pluck the soul out of the body. I don't know how it works. Okay. (laughs) Well, the dead bodies for this niggas pool. (laughs) Oh, this is later in the movie. This is later in the movie or this is technically continuity wise. Uh, so, chronologically him kidnapping or taking this young girl is like early in Constantine's yeah. career, whereas uh, the demon, spoiler alert again, uh, is disguised. The demon that he summons from 
uh, hell mm. comes back to earth using the form of another demon to like play around with cons. It's very okay. convoluted. It doesn't really make any sense. He's just like, I summoned you here. Psych. I'm somebody else. If you want this girl's soul back, dog, you're going to. All right. I'll have to explain more. So. <laughs> Uh, Chaz is Constantine's friend that's mm. also at the concert venue. They are the literally the only two people who survive. The demon kills literally everyone Dope. except for the girl who he pitches in the, into hell, which I would argue she's no longer alive. Yeah. Uh, so the demon's like, yo, I'm going to come back for y'all. I'll see you one day. And then he goes right back into the portal and he disappears. So fast forward 20 years or whatever, Chaz comes to see Constantine. He's just like, yo, my daughter's in a coma, and we think it's supernatural. We need you to check this out. I can't remember how he came to the conclusion that it was supernatural, mm-hmm. but his ex-wife divorced him or whatever and Over took, the- took the daughter as well. And so she, he shows up with Constantine. He's like, she's like, Doc, what are you doing here? I get that it's our daughter, but like, why are you bringing your fucking friend? <laughs> like, This is stupid. So Constantine does the thing, finds out that this demon who lives in L.A., it stole stole uh, Chaz's daughter's soul and is holding it hostage. Left the body, took the soul. That's yeah, the coma. Exactly, exactly. Shorty's in a coma, and Constantine is just like, "Yo, I'll help you out, dog." And so the movie in t- like ensues from there. Yeah, uh, that's when the demon is disguised. The demon from the beginning of the movie. Uh, let's say his name is Tom because I don't remember the demon's name. The demon Tom disguises himself as another demon named Rick and Rick hires Constantine to do something basically like to kill all the other demons in LA. And apparently cities have spirits that embody them. Okay. So there's like the spirit of LA is also one of the main characters featured in this movie, which is fucking weird. And she's just like, all these demons are coming and they're ruining my city. I need you, John Constantine, to help me save me from these demons. When in reality, it's like you're the living embodiment of the city. You don't have any like special power or yeah. whatever. Like what the fuck? And she like fucks Constantine in the bathroom. Sure. It's really, it's really fucking weird. And so he literally fucks Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's really fucking stupid, but it, it turns out that the living embodiment of Los Angeles is fucking the demon Tom. After Constantine finds out that Rick is really Tom and Tom is just like, it doesn't make sense why Tom disguised himself as Rick yeah, in the first for what place. Purpose? Is, I, I don't know. Did it, my guess is like he wanted to try to torment Constantine From a little bit. Fucking another country and across, the- <laughs> across the ocean. And that's part of the reason why he kidnaps uh, Chaz's daughter Just to get him involved. Yeah. Because what, what, Tom wants or what the city of Los Angeles wants. Okay, hold on. Let me back this up. What Tom wants to do is open up a portal basically straight to hell in Los Angeles. Sure. And like the city of Los Angeles is at first like not with it, but like she comes around once she sees that like this other team of demons are looking to do the same thing and they're willing to like kill a bunch of people in LA for it. Mm. And she's just like, yeah, I'd rather work with Tom than to have six total demons running around and just killing people in LA. Like, please just 
Constantine, I need you to kill all these demons together. And then Constantine completes the mission for both Tom and the city of L.A. He kills uh, of the seven demons total, I think. It's like he kills six of them. And he goes back to Tom and the city of L.A. And that's when he finds out they've been working together the whole time. And he's just like, bitch, you're going to really let this fucking demon open up a portal to hell. Like, have it be like a hub. Like, it's a fucking international airport like LAX, but for demons in Los Angeles. And she's just like, yeah, it's it's better than having like multiple uh, people fighting over control. Uh, Go with the devil, you know. And she leaves. Okay. And so the rest of the movie is Constantine trying to figure out how to kill Tom. And he eventually does it. I don't recommend it. It's not visually stunning. (laughs) The story doesn't really make all that much sense. And I, I got a kick out of it in that I like Constantine and I do like... I think that stuff can be really fun. I just don't like the edginess that's oftentimes packed in with it. Yeah. There, when I say like the edginess that was in this kind of just like it stood out, but like not in a good way. Yeah. Not in the way that's like, this enhances the story. This is like, Hey, wouldn't it be fucked up if we saw this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is (laughs) fucked up, right? I get fucking, uh, 20, you know, 20 year old. He got way too into metal, like, but too late. So he didn't have a community for it. Yeah, yeah. It's I was watching it and there are some scenes like when the demon is tearing through everybody in at the concert. At the concert. Yeah. I was just like, yo, like all right, this makes sense. Mm. Because like you want to see the consequences of what Constantine did. Yeah. And it's supposed to have some emotional impact. My emotions don't work like that. So it's not <laughs> as if I was like, Oh my god, he took the little girl. I didn't see this coming at all. Oh no. Um it, but other parts in the movie, like the pool full of like severed heads and arms and all this other shit, I was just like, all right, okay, I get it. And then the demon like pitching people into the movie, the literal movie. The movie's dumb. It sounds dumb. Yeah. But I'm glad I watched it. It was an experience. DC's animated stuff are fucking real hit and miss. Incredibly. Probably more so than any other series I've ever seen. Yeah. I was like looking at the list while you were talking. I was like, how are these full on, not even 50-50, like it's... It, most of them are bad. It'll wildly vary. It'll be like two good ones in a row and then like three, three in a row that are just hot trash. I mean, like in, it's kind of what, what they're missing seems to go back and forth. Like it'll be like the animation is really solid, but the story is nothing. Or like the story is solid, but the animation style they chose is like really off-putting. Yeah. Like Superman versus the Elite, I remember being one that I liked the story of, but I could not stand the animation. That's the one with uh, Captain Adam, right? And No, that's one with uh, Manchester Black. Oh, and, like, yeah, the yeah, other, yeah. Like, yeah. And they just like, yo, we're going to start killing people. Superman doesn't do that shit. He's whack. And then there's what could be an incredibly great scene at the end where Superman pretends to snap and like kill all of them. But the character design they use, like Superman is like really like bulbous and like weird looking. And I don't know. It's just, it's a cool scene that looks bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, that's good. I mean, I, 
I remember Gotham by Gaslamp being trash, fucking awful, just trash. Absolutely back to front, awful. bad animation, bad story. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, the one that I was thinking of, I think, is Batman Superman Most Wanted. Yeah, where Lex Luthor's president, and part of the problem that I do have with the animated stuff is like, in the case of Batman Superman Most Wanted, they reference a lot of shit. That they never ever because it's a di- almost a direct adaptation of that comic storyline, and they're like, "This is." I don't think they knew what they were doing yet. Yeah, they're just like, because there's so much build up to that story in the comics, and like it is a specific like storyline that was in the Batman Superman comic, but it was also influenced by stuff going on in the greater DC universe, like Lex being president and yeah. which superheroes are around who would who would sign up. Watch the Endgame again. There's suits in the movie, like almost every, really almost every suit that's not on a an Avenger who doesn't have superpowers, um, like who doesn't normally wear a suit or like a suit of armor or some other technology, is full CG, and it looks weird. There's like this thing where, especially around the neck, yeah, where you're like it's a little bit floaty, yeah, because it's supposed to be skin tight. It's supposed to look like a skin tight, but it doesn't and like even when you see them moving like you could tell it because of for like plot reasons they just needed them to be in other clothes underneath so that's why it's like this weird nanotech thing but it doesn't look good like they're they're not in those suits long enough to not have just built some yeah just a ground just to have a little bit because it's distracting it's full-on distracting so like once i noticed it to not notice it every time I saw those suits again. And um, there were other things that I noticed that were actually pretty solid in retrospect that like still to like held up pretty well. Cause we were very close to the screen cause we got to the theater late. Boo. Yeah. Well, my girlfriend's always late for stuff and it's a problem. I have intense anxiety though. So my parents were late for stuff all the time. And now as an adult, it drives me crazy to not be somewhere when I said I was going to be. And uh, now I'm dating a white woman who doesn't give a shit about time. <laughs> time is like relative, man. So we do not make reservations for places. We just show up when we can get there. Anyway, you're watching Endgame for the second time. Yeah. Um, but again, drunk. So I was able to like deteriorate mentally with the movie. Uh-huh. I think that helps a whole lot. Couldn't okay. get drunk the first time because it's three goddamn hours long. But the second time, I was like, oh, I know when they, I know when I can go to the bathroom. I know when everything happens. So I was like, yeah. I just had a flask, and I was just going to town. Good shit. But uh, still enjoyable. Um, I mostly was just waiting for the third act. But <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, because it's basically all talking up until the third act. Yeah. There was some – there's not even really anything to, like – catch that you can't catch on the first viewing as far as like easter eggs and stuff it's all pretty transparent stuff that you just like if you know if you didn't notice it the first time it's not that big a deal like there's very minor stuff like old versions of costumes and yeah but like because it's so it has to keep moving because it's three hours long and you need stuff to be happening all the time they don't really have time to pack scenes full of things i mean they could right they just need to cut out most of the talking yeah because the conversations, I don't know if you could tell this when you were drunk, but on my f- initial viewing in that movie, I was like, I get why you're doing this and like it's for fans of yeah. this shit. But like, 
I'm the Judge Judy yeah. gift where she's slapping on her watch and slapping on the desk. Like that's me in that yeah. movie because like I don't I don't know how other people in, take in content or enjoy content. Mm. So it's difficult for me to be like, yo, like uh, I just. I, like I just think all of this is useless. Yeah. Tell me a good story. Don't try to tie up everything that's happened in the last like six years or whatever. Yeah. The last twenty years, ten years, however oh, long, eleven years. Eleven years. Uh, but even then, they're tying up maybe over the last five. Yeah. Since so, the Russos got involved, that's the stuff they were tying up. Exactly. Because in the first half, as we talked about at some point, first half of that, they had no fucking idea where they were going. Yeah. And even even like up until the point where Guardians of the Galaxy was released, like they still had no idea how everything was going to work yeah, together. Yeah, they were like, well, we can introduce some elements now. Yeah, Adam Warlock, we're going to introduce that, but have nothing come of that at all. Yeah. Um, maybe 2021, maybe we'll see it. Yeah, I don't know. They haven't even announced what's going on in Phase Four, right? No, they released. They did release this past Tuesday, um, as of when we're recording this, uh, dates for the next like five Marvel movies, but they didn't really reveal the titles. What the fuck? Did they say what they're about at all? No, they or were just they like unnamed. Like, they unnamed Marvel project. That's so stupid. It's the same shit they did. Um, Marvel and DC both made this mistake fucking in like 2013 where they're like here's our upcoming slate of movies and then like a bunch of those movies didn't come out they're like we're doing different things like don't fucking play your hand yeah right announce movies when they're ready to be announced yeah that's something that I've learned about podcasts and stuff like at least producing content mm. don't talk about something until it's actually like ready, ready to be to completed go. because you just you set yourself up to look foolish yeah and it's like especially DC like half those movies there's it's a weird thing to just kind of show your hand, but like the only thing they did differently this time was they didn't put dates on them. Like we know you own, you're owned by Disney. We know you're going to put out movies until everyone who's ever heard of a movie is dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we're getting a star Wars every year. We're getting a, at least one Marvel film every year and we're getting some big budget live action Disney property. Yeah. Um, until they stop making money. Charles, do you have poor self control? Generally, do you do you think you would be helped by getting a new oh, disruptive technology? I know this. <laughs> do you? It's I, disruptive as fuck. Oh uh, yeah, I was like, I didn't. It didn't click when you mentioned it before the show. But holy shit, I know. I know what this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably one of the worst products Awful. I've ever fucking heard of I, in my I got life. A, I got a Facebook ad for it, and I was like, mm, this looks suspect. Would you would you like to hear about this product? Give me that pitch, baby. Let me let me tell you something, listener at home. Have you ever wanted to stop a habit but you didn't know how? Did you ever think to yourself, I wish I had better self-control. I need something to help me, and therapy is not the answer. Have you ever said, I can do this myself, but you know they what? Couldn't. I probably don't want to buy a taser and tase myself completely well we've got an answer for you we've got an automated wrist taser it's literally an electroshock therapy device that, that you, you put on your fucking wrist like if it's a, if a fitbit were angry at you <laughs> yes exactly exactly so let me let me read some of the things that this this Pavlock can help you with. And mind you, it's named Pavlock, presumably because of Pavlov's Pavlov, dog. Yeah. And that's not how Pavlov's dog no, worked, right? Like, no, it was creating an association. Like, it was actually creating a positive association. Yes. <laughs> if you don't know about the experiment, uh, Pavlov, I can't remember the man's first name, Russian scientist, he decided to see if you could create 
physical stimulus through external, like a physical reaction to external stimulus. And the way he did it is he had a group, he had a dog or a group of dogs. And every time he fed them, he would ring a bell every single time without fail. If the dogs were eating, he rang the bell when they started. And so eventually he, after like an extended period of this, he would ring the bell and the dogs would start salivating because they associate the bell with eating. And that's the gist of the Pavlovian response. It's your brain makes, that's how we learned that our brains make associations between both internal and external stimulus. It's actually an effective strategy to teach yourself things. It's like how, it's like state dependent memory. If you chew gum while you're studying, if you chew gum while you're taking the test, your brain remembers things. It associates one thing with the other. Yes. And that's exactly what the Pavlov is. (laughs) Every time you're doing uh, something and you don't want to, or you want to be doing it, you shock yourself. So let's say success stories. And these are the things that it can help you with all habits, wasting time, oversleeping, (laughs) sleeping in, smoking, unhealthy eating, negative thoughts, and nail biting. You know what? You can just shock all those problems away. (laughs) Maybe not therapy. Maybe going to therapy isn't the option here, but shocking the shit out of yourself (laughs) is. It's fucking crazy. You also Uh, want to spend $300 for this? Yeah, I mean, it's on discount. It's $199. So interested in bulk discounts hell yeah i am one for the whole family oh god yeah i need to shock my kids every time that they think they can leave the fucking house without my permission i could you imagine you shock yourself and like every time you wake up in the morning you're just like ah, 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 ah. Oh, fuck this is a shock caller for humans yes exactly exactly uh here's a here's a quote from tasha who was using the pavlock Uh, so she wouldn't eat refined sugar. I didn't want to shock myself so I wouldn't eat the food in the first place. So now I haven't had any refined sugar, which is awesome. I feel like I'm back in control of my relationship with food. I feel like I have a much healthier relationship with food because I shock myself. That last part I added on, but she shocks herself. (laughs) It may as well have been fucking eat refined sugar rather than taking healthier steps to wean herself off of refined sugar and like maybe developing self-control or something she's like i just shock myself instead i do that here's a here's dave rogan moser uh with his uh, success story. I tried a lot of things to form new habits and break old habits. When I got the Pavlog, I was really impressed with the quality. I started using the little alarm system that helps to wake you up. After doing that for 30 days, I woke up more consistently than I ever have in my life. I love it. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding? You know that your body this is how most people work. I don't know what Dave's problem is, but if you set an alarm every day for seven fucking 30 and you turn off your alarm after like, let's say two or three months, you're just automatically going to wake up your at seven 30. Yeah. It's it. Your body gets into a rhythm. It starts doing the things that it normally does. It sets patterns and it does things like that. You don't need to shock yourself to achieve that. That's so fucking weird. Just turn on an alarm yeah. and put the alarm across the room. So you have to get up. I have, three alarms set and that's down from five i'll eventually be down to one and eventually i won't need an alarm because my body will adjust to the schedule that's what happened when i first started teaching i was like i gotta be up at 5 30 so i can get to work and for months after i didn't have to be at work at 7 30 anymore my body was still like we're up at 5 30 that's just how we that's how we operate your body <laughs> likes habits it will develop habits on its own yes that's how literally all of your behavior works absolutely absolutely Here's how Brennan Martin used the 
<laughs> use the Pavlock. I get in a sugar coma. I fall asleep and I lose part of my day. I'm zapping myself when I eat a cookie to see if I lose the urge to eat these stupid cookies. Oddly, oddly enough, I haven't eaten any of those cookies since. I use the Pavlock to stop my cookie addiction. Are you fucking serious? So you can, I'm like on the Amazon page right now, the product page, and you can activate it by like just touching it, right? Uh-huh. So if you are using it like manually, like if you're not connecting it to an app and like setting specific parameters, you can still just like tap it when you do with the... You fucking tie a rubber around your wrist. Like, what do you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. It's the same fucking. If you have the mental capability of pressing a button on your wrist to send you an electric shock, you can just. You already have the impulse control to not eat cookies. Yeah. You already have the ability because every time you want a cookie, you fucking shock yourself. You can do that shit on your own. You're already doing it on your own. You need to spend three hundred dollars and potentially fuck up your your nervous system. I just gotta wait for five years from now when there's a class action lawsuit for people who like can't <laughs> grip things anymore because they've been shocking their, the most sensitive part of their body at the base. For oh months. shit, that's pretty funny. This is here's another uh, here's another testimonial from Rachman. He was very odd name. I just hit the padlock, which will shock me. That will help me wake up for one or two. It creates a negative association with hitting the snooze button. Instead of hitting the sleep more slash get fired slash waste your time button, I just hit the Pavlock. Are you fucking serious? I've said it every time. This is so stupid to me. This is so stupid. Do you really have that big of a problem getting out of bed in the morning that you just and like the the issue here? He's not saying like, yo, I'm so depressed that it's difficult for me to get up in the morning Which is a different problem. Yes, absolutely. He's saying I'm fucking lazy and I like to sleep in and I'll risk my job to do it. If you saying to yourself, I can spend $300 to get this shock device that'll help me wake up in the morning rather than saying like, yo, like, let me just get up in the morning so I can afford to spend $300 yeah. on something stupid. Like your, your problem is greater than just using a shock that like a literal shock collar for humans. It's fucking wild. And I like, I read one review that was like, um, in, combined with my like my poor sleeping habits and poor dietary choices, uh, I just have trouble getting up and like eating right. It's like you already know what your problems are. Those aren't I have trouble waking up in the morning problems. Those are I don't have a healthy pattern of behavior already, and like using an alarm clock is not <laughs> gonna fix going to bed at two and you have to be up at seven. No, no, it's not. And if you have like an actual problem with sleeping. There are like so many things you can do, whether you have health insurance or not. You can get if you have health insurance, go to a doctor, see if they can get you a sleep aid or see if there's like some other things before they'll give you a sleep aid. Most of the time, they'll like give you they have like resources They're like, hey, here's how to retrain your body to actually go to sleep. And if these don't work, come back and we'll give you some like, chemical assistance to get your schedule back on. So then you can do it on your own. Yes. If you don't, you can get melatonin. You can try some of those pattern fixing behaviors that you can literally just search how to fix sleep, how to sleep, uh, sleep patterns. And so many things that work will come up. Absolutely. Absolutely. But no, instead let's spend $300 on shock. I mean, like let's say even hypothetically, I think you can use talk space as like your therapy solution. And I think maybe it's like 30 bucks a pop or something like that. And instead of spending $300 on this device, why not just talk to somebody on talk space for $30 for like an hour session? Yeah. And just 
hey, here's some stuff that I have going on. What do you recommend? Yeah. Yeah. So here's how the Pavlok describes itself or whatever the company is. What This is their copy on their website. How, how Pavlok works. Pavlok isn't just some random wearable that shocks you. That's, and f- that's literally what it is. You're that's right. all it does. It doesn't do anything else. <laughs> it doesn't have a clock on it. It doesn't track any of your actual habits. It is literally just a random wearable that shocks you. In fact, it is designed with both the latest science and habit change research on its side. Okay, so it's a random wearable that's backed by some amount of research. Some people uh, were paid enough money to say <laughs> that it works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Wear your willpower. Oh, sick. So it's like a green lantern ring. At its most simple form, Pavlock is a behavior training device that works by utilizing aversive conditioning. I'm going to put some like reverb on that. Aversive conditioning. <laughs> aversive conditioning is essentially behavior training that uses negative stimuli and association to help reaffirm a specific action as undesirable. Like, so literally, it's something that it's a human shot caller. It's that's it. That's the fuck it. Yo, half the stuff you have to do, you have to do it manually. Because like for stuff like I guess eating or uh, like nail biting or something, it has like, it'll detect when you've like moved it towards your face. But when that can't be accurate, yeah, there's no way that like. So anytime you like are moving your arm up towards your face, oh, let's create negative stimuli for weightlifting or, oh, you forgot to take it off while you were doing something stupid. Or fucking blowing your nose. Like, yeah. It'll shock the living fuck out of you. I don't know how many volts it's putting into you, but it's either A, like very close to being harmful for people, or B, like just hardly. Yeah, Yeah, negligible. So it's either actively doing harm or not doing any more than like the vibrate function on your phone. Yeah. Which both of those means the waste of money. Absolutely. Uh, later in the copy, it says using the slightly uncomfortable stimulus of shock, slightly uncomfortable stimulus. Are you fucking kidding me? Pavlock helps train your brain to associate the bad behavior with the uncomfortable stimulus. And after as little as a few weeks of associate, a little as a few a weeks, few weeks is so arbitrary in amount of time. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Wear this thing for a few weeks. Not like one or two. Is habit that, forming is, that is what, like 21 days or something, yeah, like, something that? like that. It's in the realm of like three weeks to a month. Yeah. So, all right. After a month of shocking the shit out of yourself, you can fucking form good or break bad habits. We could just easily be after a month of, not pulling into a fast food restaurant you can stop wanting to go to fast food restaurants yes absolutely because (laughs) one thing that i've noticed uh at least personally i can't really eat fast food anymore yeah uh i i haven't had it you don't eat red meat anymore yeah yeah and that's basically (laughs) getting most fast food yeah mostly that yeah and when i do or when i did go eat fast food and i did eat red meat after like taking a long break from it it'll fuck you up yeah dog i need beef for like two months once like just not even on purpose just incidentally i just i didn't buy any beef and i wasn't going out to eat and so like the first time i had a like a burger after not eating red not any any red meat for two months my body was upset like you're after two months is long enough for like your entire your your uh, gut flora to change it's you're straight up not even producing what it takes to break down that t- kind of protein and it fucks you up. So yeah. all it took is just not doing it by accident 
to make it hard to do. Somebody pointed this out to me. Like one of the homies I was talking to told me about this device, and I was just like, "This has to be a joke. Like literally, this has to be a joke. There's no way this ha- can be real." And like, this is the awful future that we're living in, where people make literal like shot callers for humans, and it's not involved with like sex. Where it's yeah, where it's like consensually. Yeah, it's, this is so weird. This is so weird. Don't buy this. Don't ever buy this. Like fucking keep an eye out for weird predatory shit like this. Cause that's full on. This is taking advantage of people with like impulse control problems are like a real thing. Yeah. And there are so many uh, healthy ways to deal with them that aren't physically harmful. And it's like, it's just jumping on the trend of wearable technology, but like in the worst possible fucking way. Absolutely. We're going to get into questions from the subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours or real nerd hours dot reddit.com. Learned that one a while back when we first started the show. Can't remember who told us. I want to say their name had Al in it or something like that. Well, whatever. Samurai Jack the Face Ripper says, with all the talk and recent string of MCU commentary tracks you pumped out, I was wondering if you could undo, redo, or completely delete any MCU movie, which one would it be? Damn, that second Thor. <laughs> I can deal with the Dark World. I would straight up wipe Age of Ultron off the face of the planet. Oh, yeah. That one was terrible. That, just start from the beginning. Even introduce some of the same ideas. Like, you know, introduce the Infinity Stones there. But, like, everything else can fucking go. Yeah. Like, the fact that three of the four Avengers movies don't give a shit about... I mean, I guess... Endgame is technically the fourth Avengers movie, but let's, for the purposes of this, combine it with Infinity War because they're directly tied to each other. Nothing really happened in between. So the first Avengers ties together the first, what what is it, five? The first four or five? Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Thor, Captain America. So the first four and then Iron Man 2. So the first five MCU movies are tied together by the first Avengers. It takes into account all the stuff that happened and it's like, this is where this has been building to, and this happens, and we're good. I, Age of Ultron, it straight up ignores half the character development of what happens in phase two of the MCU. Uh, and then Civil War, which is like Avengers two and a half, and Infinity War, same shit. There's stuff that happened during right before that fucking doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, by the time you get to Avengers, character development stuff like anything that happened to Black Panther and anything that happened to Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> shit's just off the table, like for narrative reasons. But Age of Ultron does the same thing with Phase Two, but it's also a really bad movie. Yeah, you know what? I would either do that or Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Yeah, that didn't really add anything. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Two literally shouldn't even exist. Yeah, you don't lose anything by that not happening. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially where it kind of based sucked. on where it is in the timeline. Yeah, like it takes place only like a couple months after the first one, mm-hmm. and by the time you see them again in Infinity War, it's been so long since like any of that stuff happened that it full on doesn't matter. Quill's been without his powers for the powers he found out he had in one movie and lost them forty five minutes later. Uh, we know that Groot's alive at the end of, or there's a new Groot. However, you want to describe that at the end of the first guardians so yeah if it's been five years then Groot's gonna be older the next time we see him it's yeah yeah, that one could go 
without affecting anything. And Age of Ultron is bad, and I would just get rid of it and start over. Absolutely. We don't even need Vision. Vision doesn't he was all in. he does is eat shit and die <laughs> yeah he saves the day at the end of age of ultron which doesn't matter and then the next time you see him is what in uh infinity war yeah and then in that movie well, he sucks. He's, he's in he's in civil war where he does all he does oh, is cripple one of the two black characters <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's right that's right that's right that's right that's right and then he shows up in uh in Infinity War, and he's just a hoe the entire time. Yeah, it's just he gets he's supposed to be one of the most powerful Avengers and gets just murked at the beginning of the movie and then does jack shit until he dies. Yeah. And he can't come back because he was part of the Infinity Stone or whatever. Yep. Yeah, whatever. All right. Uh next question comes from Schmood or its statement comes from Schmood. Y'all are dead wrong on on the X-Men. So a few episodes ago, we were talking about how only a couple of those movies hold up, but yeah. that's not true as it turns out. Uh, he says, y'all are dead wrong on the X-Men. The old films don't hold up well due to flat characters and cliches. X-Men First Class and Days of Future Past, on the other hand, are dope. Hugh Jackman, <sighs> Patrick Stewart, and Ian McClellan are all great in their roles, but more so in the new ones. Ooh, that's a take on uh, Days of Future Past. That no, <laughs> Is that the one with the cool Quicksilver scene? The only good thing that came out of that? Too bad Apocalypse was mediocre and Dark Phoenix is going to suck. So I agree that for the most part, the uh, first three X-Men movies, the characters are pretty flat. Uh, it's the Wolverine show, full stop. Um, even Rogue, who the first film is ostensibly framed around, uh, doesn't really have a whole lot going on beyond like the first half of the film. Um, X2, though, I think does. I mean, no, X2 is almost entirely about Wolverine. So you're right. Uh, <laughs> the X-Men movies have been the Wolverine show for a long time. Um, first Class, I think, is overall pretty decent i wish it had stuck to being a reboot of that franchise instead of whatever it's become now because uh days of future past is trash it's a bad movie that is a almost a pure nostalgia play that they brought brett ratner's pedophilic ass foot back for yeah and then they had jubilee in it and didn't let her do shit it's like the idea oh god dude you know what you know what x-men i think is the only marvel cinematic stuff Mm -hmm. that's ever kowtowed to like fans yeah in in a way that really sucks like remember i'm the juggernaut bitch yes holy shit i'm the juggernaut bitch oh my god Uh, i can't believe that actually happened Uh, like three years too late for that reference (laughs) absolutely but then like even um yeah with days of future past by taking what honestly is an okay comic storyline um it was the 70s and it looked cool so it was like nothing like that had been done before but go back and read it now it's okay it's not bad it's okay and again it's framed around kitty pride which uh the movies haven't really given a shit about oh yeah i forgot what happened in that movie that's the one that opens up where kitty pride is like taking them through she can time travel travel somehow um they don't explain it and you get a combination of like new x-men but also all the actors from the last from the previous franchise all the ones who were willing to come back at least um even kelsey Grammer for one scene but uh yeah it's just it's a mess of i mean we just had another 
time traveling superhero movie and it's not it's not good it, i fucking hate time travel and so much days of future past does it bad and also manages to focus it on wolverine again yeah but it's i don't know it does this weird thing that immediately blows up in its own face where they're like okay this is moving towards this but like the continuity doesn't fit and the timeline definitely doesn't fit mm-hmm and now we're like stuck in this weird thing where all the X-Men movies, like four X-Men movies in a row take place decades apart, but all the actors look the same age. Yeah. It's like 40 years <laughs> is supposed to have passed. There are like 35 years between X-Men First Class and Dark Phoenix. It's full on like almost 40 years. And James McAvoy looks exactly the fucking same. Like there's a, there's a Holocaust survivor. <laughs> You're right. Who looks like he's in his <laughs> mid thirties in the nineties? <laughs> Fucking like even just from Apocalypse to Dark Phoenix, all of the new kids he got introduced in there still look like teenagers, but they're supposed to be in their late twenties. Yeah, yeah. I I had never thought about and they, that. They forced themselves into that. First class was going to be like, hey, we're gonna jump, like we're gonna start in the sixties and we're gonna jump around like time that's a cool idea is like see like check in how are mutants doing who's around how's the world reacting but by tying it in the second film to a franchise that like explicitly takes place in the early 2000s makes it so that none of the characters ages make sense and it's also all spectacle yeah things of future past is all spectacle what you need to do in order to fix that is just make the continuity start in the current year that you're working from. Yeah. It, that's it. You don't go back to the 80s because I thought that was weird when they had Cyclops in the bathroom at like in the 80s and shit and then uh, X-Men X1 or whatever the fuck and then he dies in like X2, right? He dies in the beginning of X-Men 3. <sighs> fucking Dude, be United fucking We Stand. Older. That's a bad fucking title, too. Yeah. The X-Men movies are bad. All of them are bad. First Class yeah. is the best one, and it's not that good. Oh, fuck. That sucks. All those movies are terrible. Or do you remember uh, X-Men Origins of Wolverine? Yeah, yeah, I do. There was a, I remember the reporter who said, like, yeah, I watched the pirated version, and then the studio immediately took him to court over it. Oh and then the God. actual one came out and it was exactly the same, just with bad effects. Yeah. Except the only thing, like the pirate version came out and it just didn't have the VFX on yet. But because they didn't do anything practical in that movie, it's just like, oh, this is going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> and then it did. Yep. Like that. Most distinct, one of the most distinct scenes in that movie are all the scenes, well, actually, all the scenes where you see Wolverine's metal claws are bad. Because in the original films, all the films before then, he's wearing. Like he's holding something that has the claws and then they digitally get rid of like the harness, like to make it look like it's coming out of his wrist. So there's actually something physical to interact with mm-hmm. in X-Men Origins Wolverine. One, they're fucking a foot long. They're so fucking long in that movie. <laughs> like the scene where he first gets them and he's like in those that old people's bathroom and he like he's looking at them. He's like, it's so clearly he doesn't know where to put his eyes. Yes. And they're like a foot and a half long and he's supposed to like tap them together and it looks so bad. <laughs> and like later you see like the scene where he like fights the blob. This movie's fucking terrible. Like even by the X-Men standards, Wolverine is a bad movie. Surprisingly good video game came out of it though. Okay. The X-Men Origins Wolverine game is 
way better than it has any business being. It's one of the best uh, <laughs> movie tie-in video games I've ever played. It's very good. Okay. Um, but yeah, when he's like fighting the blob for whatever reason, who is not even like a dude whose mutant power is that he is really big. He they're like, oh no, he's just invulnerable and has he's super strength, really fat. But he gets really fat, but he's still invulnerable. <laughs> but like he like they have that stupid fight to what is might actually be a will i am song in that scene <laughs> that will i am is standing off in the corner of and he like knocks him down and like he pops the claws out of the boxing glove and they're cg and it looks fucking it's bad every single and fucking gambit holy shit those movies are bad i was almost like we should watch those movies no we shouldn't no, we shouldn't fucking no, absolutely not we should not subject ourselves to 14 hours of bad movies that we know are bad yeah correct you're right uh, the next question comes from Juice Campbell. Got any hype for the new Flying Lotus album? He's dropped two tracks that are groovy as hell. Any lo-fi hip-hop recommendations to check out in the meantime before his record drops? Personally, no. Uh, I stopped listening to Flying Lotus after Cosmo Grandma dropped because that's literally, the, his music's not going to get any better than that to me. Yeah, you just, he peaks for you? Yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite albums ever created. And he's like, ever. I don't need anything to bring my opinion of this dude down. No, not even that. It's just like, I don't, he's not going to be able to yeah, top nowhere it. to go. Yeah. The, he reached the top. And that's how I felt about like, uh, Good Kid, Mad City. And then I still, or To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah. And then I still listened to Kendrick Lamar after that. And I was just like, like nope. no, I didn't really get anything out of this album. But, uh, you know, I learned my lesson with Flying Lotus. I should have just kept applying that <laughs> lesson. Uh, not to say that, like, I think he's not talented or anything like that. I think his music is fucking amazing. Absolutely. He has so much good shit. I just don't. I honestly wasn't even aware that he was dropping an album until you made this post, to be honest with you. I just literally stopped paying attention to him. As soon as I heard Cosmo Grandma, I was just like, this is the last one I need. Like, this is fucking incredible. And as far as, like, lo-fi hip-hop recommendations, I can't really recommend anything to you because all that shit sounds the same now. Yeah. There's there's such, like, little distinction between artists, and nobody's got a distinctive style. Somebody like Flying Lotus... Well, the crazy thing is, so back when Flying Lotus was just coming out and he was extremely popular, you had people like Daedalus, No Such Thing, uh, Toki Monster, Mike Gao, like you had a bunch of people who were coming out on different labels who had distinctive sounds. And the genre wasn't called lo-fi hip-hop. It was called uh, kind of ambiguously beat music mm -hmm. where people were just making beats and a lot of them were like really dope. So you could look into some of those people and but like the thing is people have aped those styles to the point where they just blend distinctive sounds that people had into one genre at this point and i don't think lo-fi hip-hop is good because really literally the way that i see it anyway is in street fighter one or maybe it was two i don't think ken was in one in street fighter two ken and ryu were the same character yeah just palette swaps yeah full stop they were just different it's red gi white gi yeah and that's how i look at lo-fi hip-hop right now you have artists 
that are just palette swaps of one another. Yeah. You have like quite literally, this is what I did one day. I was looking for artists to listen to and I heard this really dope song on one of those like chill beats to get high and fuck to or whatever. <laughs> like I, I was listening to that and a lot of those channels I won't watch if they don't have the name of the song listen, listed. Yeah. So I go to the, and some of the people lie and they say like, oh, subscribe to see the name of the artist. Yeah, like, but no, that's yeah, a fucking yeah, lie. You, they don't do that. Uh, and so I listened to the song and it was this really dope sample of like a uh, French, like a classic French song, like from maybe the 1940s or fifties or something like that. And I listened to that shit and I was like, damn, this shit's dope. Let me go to this dude's band camp. So I go to the band camp, I buy the album and I look through the related artists and I go to a guy from Germany because the dude I was listening to was from France. Mm. And then I went to the dude who was from Germany and literally like you couldn't distinguish the difference between their songs aside from the fact that one was in German and the other was in French. Yeah. And it's like, it's got the same like lazy drums on it. Lazy, not like being a pejorative, but like in the style that they play and the soft piano. And then you have the vocal sample that's just chopped yeah. and like recut and like, played in different order or whatever like it's that genre is not unique and it's not fun to listen to anymore it's very much so at least in my opinion it's easy shit to make like i could probably make a lo-fi hip-hop beat and yeah it's not i don't think it's good any thoughts charles i tried to get in a, a buddy of mine makes a he's getting into music producing and he started making off like started off doing uh lo-fi stuff um, which I enjoyed at the time. Uh, shout out to Imaginary Ambition. Uh, that's my boy Andres. Uh, he, his, most of his stuff is pretty solid, but there was, I was like, I got into lo-fi through him and started listening to other stuff. And like, it was mostly through like YouTube channels and stuff. And I was like, this is, this is, this becomes just noise after a while. Cause I can't distinguish any of it. Yeah. And I guarantee you, Although Andreas, I'm not saying that he's not talented. I guarantee that somebody else out there sounds exactly like him. Yeah, because there, there's straight up like two tracks of his that I thought I heard on YouTube once, and I was like, no, it's just this. This shit all sounds the same. Yeah, and it's like it's if it's like something you can vibe to, the vibe to it. But it's like it's just I need something dynamic going on, even with stuff that's of that like energy level. There's got to be something that grabs me. Yeah, and that's kind of like the crazy thing about lo-fi hip hop because you have you could make the same argument for like electro and house and shit yeah. like that because literally those songs literally will sound the same yeah and every once in a while you'll have somebody come out with a new style like afro jack got really popular by making dutch house or whatever all right so he makes dutch house and then everybody who's coming up or coming out apes that style mm. oh we have dutch house sounding songs and then you have trap music come out, which was, I want to just remark, uh, make it known that that was American rap music. Mm. And then somebody was just like, yo, I'm going to put this trap beat on some electro shit. And then they did it and it got really popular. Yeah. And then all that, all that electro seemed to take out of trap music was paper snares and rolling hi-hats and that's how you make a trap beat and like i'm sure that there is a specific type of drum that they use but 
it, it varies from song to song, whereas Paper Snare and Rolling Hi-Hats are always going to be in every trap song, yeah. whereas like 808s are going to vary, the sub bass is going to vary, like that kind of stuff is a lot different. And our last question comes from Juice Campbell with a question from this week. Uh, those previous questions for were from last week. Juice Campbell asks, Remember the golden age of Flash animation? Newgrounds and Homestar Runner were my shit. I'm sad that more and more of younger people aren't experiencing the early <laughs> internet struggle. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I was just talking about Newgrounds with somebody like a week ago. About a week ago. I can't even remember the context. I was like, I know what you're talking about. But it was like something about uh, how like quickly internet culture has changed. Like there was a reference to something that uh, was like, people, kids now are so far removed from like flash animation that their references you full on can't make anymore. I know it was, uh, she was, um, a friend of mine was talking to one of her coworkers. who's you know, a bit younger. She's like 21, 22. And she made a reference to, um, my friend who's in her thirties made a reference to, uh, the end of the world video. Oh, and but I'm lit tired. <laughs> we'll take a nap. And surprising myself. <laughs> but, uh, she didn't get it. Like her coworker didn't understand the reference. I was like, you know how far removed we are from that video. That movie video came out in like 2001. Yeah. And if like at best, you could probably find like it on YouTube somewhere. Mm-hmm. But like, there's so many things like, uh, I think it was like 2008 or 2009. It was like on new grounds, like street fighter. It's like some Street Fighter thing. And he's like clicked around. They like all these weird animations by different people, but like with each of the Street Fighter 2 characters. And it was fucking weird. And the only way to really interact with it was it was flash animation. So you had to just click on the thing that you wanted to see. And we're so far removed from that specifically. It was like, there's no way that. And there's no way it's coming back. Like, that's it, it fucking sucked. We do. Yeah. People may do. I mean, and a lot of. I, I imagine a lot of people who are like professional animators now were doing that. You know, people our age who are in working in animation, we're just making flash videos and stuff. But it was—it's definitely an interesting period in internet history. They're like pre-YouTube, but like you can—it's easy to upload stuff to the internet, but there's nowhere really to do it. So it's just like wherever somebody's willing to host stuff, you can mm-hmm. just upload it. E-bombs world—that could sort of. Sh- I remember. Hey, Papa Smurf, can I lick your ass? Yes. Yes. Yeah, lick my ass. That's, that's, I got stuck in my head. <laughs> oh, I was cooking like two weeks ago. <laughs> I was like, why am I just? Wh- why? Who did this? There yeah. was no. There was no nothing that like would have brought that to mind. But I was like, I was listening to "They Might Be Giants" too, and just reminded me of Homestar Runner because they use a few of their songs in their videos. And then I was like, I fucking I've tracked down teen girl squad and watched all of that there was a series that my sister really liked called peaky and poco yes yeah that one thanks everybody for writing in to this week's edition of real nerd hours i've been denzel i've been charles and go to the website realnerdhours.com to check out our social media information support the show on patreon patreon.com slash real nerd hours and uh yeah thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next thursday bye